Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. My name's Ashley Brandt. Hello! It's me, your old pal, Todd Cranes. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm here. I'm your guest this week, Todd Cranes. Thanks for joining me for another semi-Scott-centric episode, as well as a less Scott-centric episode, because we're going to be covering both MILFs Gone Wild and Cheers to That. I love MILFs and I love wine. It's me, Todd Cranes. <laughs> I can't remember any of the other bits he does. Hi, it's me. It's Matt Olson. I've been on this show once before. Yeah. This is, these are my third and fourth episodes of the Kardashians I've ever finished watching. <laughs> but you do have some strong opinions at this point, I think. We were just chatting about the episodes before. Oh, yeah. I've <laughs> I have some strong opinions. I believe I texted you throughout... The show and maybe i should refer back to those but ashley what's in the news with the kardashians this week well i mean first things first we are recording this on october 21st which is kim kardashian west's 37th birthday mm. happy birthday to kim libra queen of my heart this is me giving a thumbs up it doesn't really read on the podcast so well sorry about that kim happy birthday um, all the other Libras out there, shout out to you guys and your birthday month. Hit us up at the K-Hole Podcast because I want to hear about what being a Libra means to you and what Kim's Libraness has meant to you. Um, moving right into news. Um, you know, we keep talking about the Scott Disick, Sophia Richie romantic getaway tour, but it keeps going. This week, more picks, more destinations, and less shame somehow yeah so i read a piece online about this uh and of of the secondary or tertiary characters of keeping up with the kardashians i think it's fair to say scott is secondary or tertiary probably secondary yeah yeah uh that i'm aware of scott's the one i'm probably most aware of hence the bad impression of his impression of todd cranes at mm -hmm. the beginning of the show and uh, despite that familiarity, I think this is gross and nasty. <laughs> Just setting aside everything else about, like, also, like, Sophia Richie. So there's, like, the, the Richie family connection there and all that. It's just, um, he's a nasally, nasty 35-year-old man. And she's 19. Yeah. And that's gross. That's yuck. Oh, here's another thing. Do you want to hear my deepest cut thought on this after I, I really do. was caught up on the news? So this was like confirmed to be a thing mm -hmm. when they had like a, what an Instagram showing them having like a piece of cake brought out or something. And it said both their names on the plate. Congrats, right? Scott and Sophia. Also spelled Sophia's name wrong. That's that what cake. I was going to say. Right. <laughs> Is that what's the fucking point in being like b-list famous if when a cake is brought out a like a personalized cake is brought out and this is going to be your like hey we're we're boning announcement mm. if you go to a restaurant and they don't even get your name right like what's even the point in like having all this money and fame then if you're not going to a place where they're gonna at least get your name right i mean that's a great question i'm sure that whoever was working in that restaurant was not her age demographic because <laughs> sophia richie besides being um lionel richie's youngest daughter is mostly known for dating justin bieber for like 10 seconds and getting a lot of hate mm. is there anyone justin bieber has dated who hasn't gotten a lot of hate no mm. well well, I'm sure this is not over, but I'm sure we'll never see her on the show. Once again, I'm going to ask Nicole Richie to come swoop in here. <laughs> Save Sophia. <laughs> Lionel Richie's on American Idol. He apparently does not have time for this. What, what else is new? Um, what else is new? Kendall was seen at the sidelines of a Clippers game. She is maybe dating Blake Griffin. I have my feelings about that, but... Uh, who's Blake Griffin? He's on the Clippers. Oh, okay, okay. He's cool. like the episode of Broad City where Alana has sex with the oh. NBA player. That's Blake Griffin. Okay, okay. I got yeah, it, got yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. Definitely like a fun dude. Like, you know. I'm really showing my ass here that I, in addition to the Kardashians, <laughs> I don't know the NBA well at all. 
The only reason I know anyone in the NBA is because of the Kardashians. <laughs> great. So. Great, great. Uh, so we'll keep tabs on that developing PR uh, romance. Additionally, TMZ is reporting that Kim and Kanye... I don't want to say Kim and Kanye had a burglary because what happened was some guy tried to break into the cars at the end of their driveway, which were lonely assistant cars. Multiple assistant cars. This guy got one iPhone. <laughs> And then uh, proceeded on to Kathy Griffin's house. Hmm. Well, still, like, not, not great luck, I guess. Nope, but... but that's what having four armed security guards is for, apparently. Yeah. Additionally, Black China is suing the Kardashian family over the termination of Robin China season two. I'm sure this is not the last we've heard of that. Mm. Um, I do genuinely want to know how China planned to keep that show going if she and Rob were not willing to be in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wonder... <laughs> gotta wonder how the contracts for these things are written up when they're like, we're gonna make a show based on a potentially volatile relationship that might dissolve. Like, what are the what are the terms in the contract of, like, the relationship must be approximately this good for us to think it's a good idea to even produce the show like yeah i mean you got to get to that scott disick level you got to make yourself an indispensable character on the show how many kids does scott have with courtney three okay yeah you gotta have three kids they only got what one robin china yeah yeah just dream well yeah and scott went over the rest of the family and Scott That's... also has no other family members, so... And no shame. <laughs> yeah. He's dating a 19... Can we reiterate? He's dating a 19-year-old. Yep. But, you know, China's got Amber Rose in her corner, so... There you, you know, go. They'll be okay. Additionally, in other pregnancy news, Life & Style earlier this week reported that Courtney is pregnant with her 23-year-old boyfriend. Mmm... Life and Style is not a reputable source, in my opinion. And I did not see this getting picked up by people, just Jared, TMZ, any, okay. anyone who could validate that claim in any way. So so if this is true, it's a big scoop for them, you're saying. Yes, this yeah. would be their National Enquirer breakthrough moment. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's the case, because honestly, I think Courtney does want another kid. I fully believe that. But I think when that time comes, she's just going to make Scott her sperm donor. Like, mm. she may not get back together with him, but I think she's going to say, well, these three worked out. Yeah. Do this business with this cup, Scott, and then hang out with my mom, I guess. <laughs> um, not so different from the last few years of their relationship. Wow. Tell a 19-year-old I said hi, Scott, or don't. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. How old is Courtney? Courtney is 39, turning 40. 39, 23. That's about as, come to think of it, that's about as bad <laughs> as 35 and 19. Yeah, because Cor Courtney almost exactly is as older bad. than Scott. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's like the, mm, well. Because Scott had Mason when he was like 26 or 27. Do you put any stock in this like half your age plus seven bullshit? I, I clearly just showed my hand, which is that, like, I, belie I believe Oh, that's that, the math you've been doing. No, no, I believe that, like, you know, there is, like, past a certain age for, for both parties, yeah. like, the age gap doesn't matter as much, but something yeah. about 39 and 23 still kind of skis me out. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I, half your age plus seven is a good rule of thumb to live by. Hmm. Okay. But I'm also very into, like, Courtney getting her groove back. And also, <laughs> like, Courtney was hooking up with Justin Bieber for a while, and he was not even... Whoa! You didn't know about this? No, I didn't. Of course I didn't know about this. Oh, yeah. It was real brief. But, um, you know, I think this is a step up for Courtney. Um, last piece of news, the infamous Kardashian Christmas shoot happened... This week, we got a group photo of everyone minus Kylie plus Nancy Kerrigan. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Nancy Kerrigan was the Olympic figure skater who got her knee busted by Tanya Harding's husband. Mm -hmm. Tanya Harding, who will be played by Margot Robbie in the film I, Tanya, which looks incredible. 
uh, I have some. I've this is not the first time I've talked about Tanya Harding on a podcast. Um, you and I are both uh, morbidly is not the right word, but a sort of perverse curiosity I feel like is piqued by Tanya Harding, uh, in part because uh, she practiced figure skating at the mall that was closest to the college we went to. Um, I've in fact curled on the same ice rink that Tanya Harding uh, practiced on. Um, and I think I have, I think I have a hot take on the whole Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan thing, if you care to hear it. Oh, I do. Let's establish some ground rules or some, some, I guess, ground, uh, presuppositions. I don't know. Ashley, are the Olympics bad? Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Yeah, The Olympics are bad. They're terrible. It's like international corruption and they build these stadiums. They go unused. Yeah. Big waste of money and, and graft. Yeah. Okay. Um, if we were to say which one is better, is the Summer Olympics better or is the Winter Olympics better? I think usually summer, right? Mm, or... I am of the opinion that winter is better because winter has rad sports that just involve flinging yourself down a mountain. Okay, yeah. I do think winter has some edge in terms of specific sports. I think summer usually gets better coverage. I think when winter rolls around, we're like, didn't those just happen? True. Yeah. I feel. I feel like. I feel like the population is biased towards the summer being a bigger deal, and like for some reason, swimming is the biggest deal, even though it's yes. just like, look, they're just pinging back and forth along a pool. Like it's not that interesting. Yeah. Versus like there's there's a sport in the Winter Olympics that's like they're gonna ski a bunch and shoot at targets and ski a bunch and shoot targets. Oh yeah. Like that shit rules. So I'm. Always, anything that happens at the Winter Olympics is better. Now, the last thing I'll say is, do you like the camaraderie and sportsmanship displayed by the Olympics, or do you like when things go wrong at the Olympics better? Oh, I fucking love when shit goes wrong. Exactly. The best example is, uh, and let me look up their names because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, Uh... I really don't want to get this wrong, but the, okay, 1968 Olympics. This was Summer Olympics, by the way. Okay, yes. Uh, But the 1968 Olympics Black Power Salute by uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Dopest shit. Yeah. Best shit ever. And I also read some shit earlier this week. Funny story. So it's the two black American athletes on the podium. They're doing the Black Power Salute. It's really great. The other guy on the podium is this white Australian guy who gave them his gloves. So that's Mm -hmm. why they're using two different, like, hand gloves there. Raising two different fists relative to left, right, whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. And the Australian guy, he His was... His name was um, uh, Peter Norman. Peter Norman was ostracized by all of Australia for the rest of his life because he supported the Black Power Salute. Yeah. But... He also was not allowed to carry the torch at the 2000 Australian Olympics because he would not renounce... The Black Power Salute. They only, they only like, apologized for it after he died when it was pointless. So, fuck you, Australia. Uh, but awesome job, Tommy and John and Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's summer. So, of course, it gets dinged a point in coolness just for it happening at the yeah. Summer Olympics. Like, imagine if they were doing that and the backdrop was, like, a cool mountain. Oh, if only. Even more yeah. powerful yeah. statement. <laughs> I'm being facetious, of course. But that's a thing that the Olympics Committee was, like, fucking up in arms about but it was a mm-hmm. cool moment of political protest yeah now <laughs> to the olympics that was like something going wrong and i think we can all reasonably agree that actually having your husband bash in your opponent's knee is both bad from the olympics perspective and the general moral perspective you shouldn't do that yeah but it also fucking owns in terms of a spectacle. Like that's like it's it is the sham that is the Olympics shown for what it is. Yes. Just like political protest moments of the Olympics or like technical fuck ups of the Olympics show that it is a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, the idea that <laughs> one of the top competitors would think it's a good like you have this whole selection process and all this rigorous training is still one of the top competitors. Like it is a good idea to have my husband bash in my opponent's knee. <laughs> Is so fucking cool because it just shows the Olympics for what they are. So thank you, Tanya. <laughs> oh my god. 
If you guys don't know anything about Tanya Harding and Nancy Harrigan, I'm really going to recommend the 30 by 30, 30 for 30 documentary about this. Yeah. Because um, surprisingly, there are a lot of people our age who don't know about this. And it's one of like the all-time greatest. It was what? 90, 90, uh, We got a reverse four? engineer when the Winter Olympics happened. 94 or 90. Um, yeah, I think so. But like the context is incredible because Tanya Harding, as we mentioned, I might have to cut this out because we're really talking about Tanya Harding now. As we mentioned, she, she practiced for the Olympics at a mall. She did not get her start at a mall and then move on to a better rink. She practiced for the Olympics that she went on to be disqualified from, I believe, at a mall, a public mall that people just could freely walk through. <laughs> but point being, Tanya Harding was poor white trash. I say, having been descended from poor white trash. And Nancy Kerrigan was like this waspy, beautiful brunette, everyone, like America's sweetheart. And the thing is, in the qualifying event where Nancy's knee got bashed in after she had won, I believed, or, you know, ranked high enough that she was going, um, the cameras were fucking rolling and they hear her screaming my knee oh my god my leg whatever and so all of this is on film yeah like nancy being like carried out of the arena like the i think you should leave this all in because if you have listeners who've not like gone deep into this shit but who love keeping up with the kardashians like this is this is exactly the kind of stuff that reality tv thrives on but just unfiltered and totally like you should you should you know you should gain no enjoyment from this. Like, I've over-intellectualized why I enjoy this event because I think it shows the Olympics are bad, but really I'm just reveling in, like, this, like, horrific bludgeoning. Yeah. But still, you should just watch it. Yeah, like, no, this is... it, it's a cultural touchstone. And if you're going to enjoy I, Tanya, you got to know. And if you're going to fully appreciate Nancy Kerrigan's appearance in the Christmas shoot... You, you know it's going to come up. This. You yeah. know it's going to come up. No, well, but I think this is kind of like Nancy's moment because she was like, I'm just going to have a family now, live a quiet life. Yeah. But she saw the movie coming out. She saw Margot Robbie was cast and she was like, I have to claim my territory. This is my moment. Yeah, yeah. People make... need to know. Quick question for you, given that you know way more about reality TV than me. Mm -hmm. If Tanya Harding was going to be on a reality TV show, what would it be? Sorry, I got a, the K-hole just got a like from Spencer Pratt, so I'm pretty happy. Oh, there you that. go. Um, what would Tanya Harding be on? Tanya Harding would have to be on one of those VH1 Z-list celebrity shows. I was thinking that, like, maybe, like, Tanya's done, like, a lot of things after this whole debacle. Mm -hmm. uh, she drove race cars for a bit and boxed for a bit. remember that, yes. Um... I was thinking like uh, like pawn pickers or like any of these fucking like shows where she's like if you just join the cast and you see her like or like opening up a you know abandoned uh, storage unit. I could see that, but I would love to see her on The Surreal Life or I Love Money. Hmm, I'm still thinking about like what you know. Has there's that guy who goes yeah on one of those shows? That's his like catchphrase. He goes yeah, and he like holds it out really long. Like, Tanya's whole thing of, like, when she finds, like, a really good, like, a really good find, she would just, like, slap her knee, and you would, you would know what that's a reference to. That's the funniest thing All I've right. ever imagined. Okay. Let's talk about you with the Kardashians. I'm sorry I derailed your podcast. No, I fucking love Tanya Harding. Anyway. Okay. So, we watched these two episodes together, um, Milf's Gone Wild, and cheers to that. In part because of scheduling issues, but also in part because there is a common thread between the two. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when I was trying to figure out what's the A plot, what's the B plot in both of these episodes, I looked at Keeping Up With The Continuity Errors, which is an amazing write-up every week about when scenes in the show were actually filmed. Shout out to Mariah Smith, who does amazing work on this every week. And she put the A plot for Milf's Gone Wild as Court's birthday celebrations because everyone goes to mexico kim's there which gives way to the plot line about these unflattering photos of kim that are taken on the beach 
here's the thing. I think that Kim's unflattering photos are the A plot of Milfs Gone Wild because there's no conflict in Court's birthday party. It's just, a, it's just like a rager. They could have given her a plot about being conflicted about Kim being a downer or whatever, but Courtney just enjoys her trip with her 16 closest friends. They also could have given, like, like fluffed up more conflict between Court and Scott, I feel like, in terms of the trip and then Scott staying with the kids. Like, there could have yeah. been a thing where, like, just, like, rehashing, like, the fact that their relationship is not, like copacetic right now but they don't like yeah. it's just it's kind of a given i do see what you're saying but i know that they're gonna have to do more episodes like that later in the season they so i'm a little like drama. grateful they didn't i mean we did get that uh, scene which was actually filmed the day before they left um on court's trip where scott is screaming into the phone that was pretty court. good yeah i like uh, Chloe gets some major points for that face she makes when Court <laughs> holds the phone up to her and hears Scott screaming. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a pretty good scene. We also got some of um, Coach Joe, who's the new personal trainer. I don't know why we've moved on from Don. I think Kim said that Kanye stole him, but I'm not sure. Mm. Well. New year, new trainer, you know. Yeah. You know how it is. Um, I don't know how it is, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um they just had they had Gunner for so long, their mm-hmm. OG trainer, but they had to go to him because he had a gym, and then they got Don, who would come to them. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. But now we moved on to someone else. Um, but I think the the standout storyline. Well, we're gonna talk a lot about Kim. I think the standout lo- storyline of Milk's Gone Wild by far is Chris and Scott going glamping. Or, as Scott was hoping for, just camping. Just, I mean, I'll say this. This is this is all bullshit to start with. Because even Scott's idea of, like, roughing it is still, they're going to get a tent that is fairly large. And then Chris will, of course, get an even larger tent. Uh, they're going to go to Costco. They're going to get a tent that's too large. They're going to just camp in the... Courtney's backyard. Yeah, in, in the backyard. And Scott's like, all right, and then we'll, like, make some s'mores and, like, uh, cook some hot dogs. Like, that's it. Like, still, that's not real camping. So I can't, as much as I want to buy into this conflict between Scott and Chris, the only thing that keeps it going is that Chris is all in. Like, Chris actually, I think, exceeded my expectations for the glamping because it wasn't just that like she had someone set up the tents Mm -hmm. and all this stuff but like not only did she bring in cooks but they cooked for them outside it wasn't just like they had to go back inside (laughs) like no the cooks kind of had to be part of the cooks had to buy into glamping as well yeah they also had to like partially embrace the outdoors (laughs) about as much as chris was so the yeah. inflatable beds, the fur throws, the cashmere blankets. Yeah, I, I will say, I mean, any show that's going to have an extended Costco sequence is going to be near and dear to my heart because <laughs> I am from Kirkland, Washington, right. home of Costco. Right. Um, and it would just be fucking surreal to go into Costco and see Chris Kardashian fucking... Wait, what is... Jenner. Jenner, okay. Chris goes by Jenner. Uh, But but every few years she does float the idea that she's going to change her last name to Kardashian. (laughs) I'm not kidding. She's done this at least (laughs) twice. Just teases it? Okay. Well, it'd be fucking surreal to just see Chris in a scoot scoot (laughs) just pointing at things while Scott Disick tosses his kids around, which was admittedly cute. I think Scott was was good with the kids in this episode. Yeah, I loved their group trip to Nobu. And I loved North saying Kanye West is my dad. Oh my god, that melted my cold cynic's heart. <laughs> North is so cute. Yeah. I mean, she has an incredible screen presence. Um, but yeah, that co- that, I could have watched an hour of that Costco trip. There's absolutely no reason why Chris needs to be in the scooter other than it, it's fucking great television. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, I think this should be the episode art. That's good. Yes, Chris lounging <laughs> in the tent should be your episode art with for her sure. vodka on the rocks. Yeah. Um, so I wish I wish the milf had referred to Chris, but it doesn't. The milfs refer to Courtney's sixteen closest friends. 
who I just know, like, am I supposed to, if, if I'm a dedicated viewer, mm-hmm. so if I'm not me, because of course I don't know anything mm-hmm. about these people, but if I'm a dedicated viewer, am I supposed to know any of these people? Yes. Okay. Not a, not a lot of them. Larsa Pippen, big one, Scotty Pippen's wife. Do you know what's going on with them right now? I absolutely no clue. Do you know who Scotty Pippen is? Basketball player. There we go. Yes. yes. So he and Larsa have been married for like 20 years and like about a year ago, um, Scotty filed for divorce and police were called to their place in Miami for a domestic disturbance because mm. Larsa had literally, like they have like young kids together. They have like three, four kids who are like around some of them are on the age of 10 anyway Lars had just been like on tour with future for like a month hmm. okay scotty was like perhaps let's not do this yeah <laughs> so then they called off the divorce but stayed separated but like maybe we're still living together in miami and then maybe we're gonna divorce again i might be mixing up a little bit of the timelines here but point being scotty and Lars have recommitted and they have just moved to L.A. to restart their marriage. Okay. Um, so we're going to be seeing more Larsa, is what it. I'm saying. Um, the other people you should know include Steph Shep, um, Kim's former assistant turned COO of Kim Kardashian West Brands. Okay. She's the one who was like, I just got an alert. Check got out it. these unflattering photos. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. The bearer of bad news in this case, yeah. I uh, I just couldn't help but think, like, when it wasn't focusing on, on Kim's predicament, like, how fucking weird must it be to be, I'm sure it's, like, lots of Instagram followers and, like, spawn con stuff for the, the lower down the totem pole of these, like, 16, 17 friends who were there. Yeah. But how fucking weird must it be to be like, all right, I'm going on this vacation. It's going to be fucking rad. I'm living, like, this rich, bougie lifestyle. But also, I'm signing a release form to be on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. I'm kind of friends with these people IRL, but also, I'm basically an extra. Like, I'm basically, I'm their friend in that they thought I was hot enough to be in the background and my own star is not like, do you even think there's like a sense of this position for them? Or are they just like, this is the next step up to me being on that level? I feel like there might be kind of a feeling around whether or not you like make the cut or get featured or get the little name thing on the screen. Cause Lars- oh, the name thing's huge. Yeah, yeah. Larsa gets one, Steph gets one. There's someone else who gets one that I didn't recognize from before, but I, you know, if you think you're going to make the cut and you don't, if you've got some lines prepared that you thought were going to work well for the show and they cut them, I mean, how does that feel? Pretty, pretty fucking bad. Like, yeah. Yeah. But no one can compete with Kim and she's going through a lot. She lets the cameras film her as she cries because she's concerned about the safety at Joe Francis's Mexican villa. You know who Joe Francis is, right? Is the guy who owns the house. I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't know who this <laughs> guy is. There's just a lot of context here because he is the founder of Girls Gone Wild. Oh no! Yes, that's who that is. Oh, Close so the family name is friend. like a joke too. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I mean, the episode. They genuinely are friends with him. Like he attended Kim and Kanye's wedding. Like they fucking love going to his house in Mexico for any kind of event. Like, but the dude fucking sucks. He does fucking Didn't he get suck. sued? Yeah, no, yeah. he's, like, not a good person. Um, but he's a close family friend. <laughs> that, that sucks so much because that phone call, I was, I was kind of like, hey, the guy on the other end of this phone line is, like, doing the best they can to calm, like, a, afraid Kim. And I'm uh, not afraid. A space afraid. Like, yes. kind of coming apart Kim Kardashian. But it means... If if I was there and I knew all this context, and I was sitting in the room. I would just be scoffing as I heard this on the phone. Like Kim, I know he's your friend, but all this guy's a shitbag. I wouldn't trust a single thing he says about like safety or anything. Yeah, he's probably got spy cameras in here for all you know. It's a great point, but Joe Francis, we learn in this episode, has apparently been kidnapped before. <laughs> that's that's not a joke. This is a verifiable fact. This, yeah, was... no, I have, okay, I have heard about this too. Now it all comes together. <laughs> wow. Do you want to fill in some blanks here? Did fill in some blanks? Yeah. 
didn't didn't he get kidnapped and like wasn't part of the kidnapping like they knew who he was and they humiliated humiliated him like based on the fact that he made girls gone wild yes yeah also whew, oh boy love ridgewood yeah 2008 joe francis was kidnapped so we're really just going deep into like historical celebrity touchstone moments that means on this that episode. kim and joe are only gonna become better friends because they have this shared like point of like experience now yep so you're not gonna be rid of this dude on no i mean they really make a pilgrimage to his house like every season ah boy like we got some really good early pictures of north when they went there after kim and kanye's wedding Uh, okay but anyway so that's understandable kim's upset and then the photos come out, and for context, she doesn't say this in the show, but she does say this because she actually did, like, a lot of interviews about these pictures because mm-hmm. they just kept coming up. Um, she said that when those photos were taken, she hadn't worked out in about 12 weeks because she'd had two surgeries on her uterus. Yeah. Which is, that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. Yeah. You know, because she's had some really hard time, mm-hmm. times with her pregnancies. We know that... You know, her uterine health is not great. Yeah. And, uh... Well, she had two surgeries. You don't fucking... You don't fucking go see... What's his name? Uh, even if he comes to your house and do, like, jumping jacks and shit for yeah, an hour, you know? Show. But, um... So, yeah. So, Kim's not feeling great about herself. And I found it kind of weird that when she kind of called people over to look at the photos, they were like, oh, yeah, your body doesn't look like that. Like, how weird is that to say that to someone who's, like, looking at a photo of themselves? Yeah, I thought that was, like, I mean... Like, I think we all have that urge to be, like, this is really unflattering, and I feel like it doesn't look like me, and, like, sometimes it can be nice, but, like, this was not, like, one photo. This was, like, a series. And I'm not saying, like, she does or doesn't look like that. I just thought that was weird that that was the thing that people kept saying. Yeah, you don't look like that, versus just being, like, yeah, they're bad photos, but this will blow over eventually. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Um, they tried to comfort her and it didn't quite work. I don't know. Yeah, she was, you know, she went back inside to do some untagging. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph continued to have fun, which I was happy about. I like the conversation about, like, just just reply, like, lol or gorge. Yes. Just, like, own it. That uh, was really good. That's the way better approach than being like, you don't look like this. Yeah. Just say, like, hey, fuck it, I own it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's a version of Kim that I think would have done that, and I think that was post Chris Humphrey's divorce, Kim. Mm. But Kim now is in a much more fragile place, so you know. Honestly, just comment like, "Let's see how good you look after two consecutive surgeries." Like, yeah, and being like, "Hold at gunpoint," and like having two kids, like, yeah, and having your husband like visit Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, like those are all big stressors. <laughs> those are all That'll huge stressors. Raise your cortisone levels. Um, before we transition out of Mills Gone Wild, I also wanted to note, this is for the fans out there, not so much for you, but maybe okay. you'll recognize this name. Um, when we were talking about people you should recognize in the, in, the, in the group of 17 friends, Malika was there. Nope. Chloe's best friend, Malika, who whenever Chloe does something new with, I think, the exception of Revenge Body, Malika gets some supporting character action. She's always credited as Chloe's best friend, not just a friend. Yeah, best on the friend. On the first episode of this season, um, they went to, Malika went with Kim and Courtney to visit Chloe in Cleveland, and Malika cried when she left because she mm-hmm. loves Chloe so much. But we just see Malika in the background of this episode, and she doesn't even get the little uh, name thing. She doesn't even get a line, which I thought was odd. Perhaps a demotion, or perhaps she just didn't do anything interesting on the trip. Maybe she just, like, hardcore chilled during the trip. Could and I was be. like, look, you're g- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still be part of the whole crew after this. I'm just going to treat this like a real vacation. You can keep the cameras rolling. I will give you nothing interesting. I mean, that would be the best thing for Malika, but she did a lot in the previous episode. Like, in the previous episode, there's this moment, they're in Cleveland, they're having fun. It's a whole thing. And Chris calls Chloe on FaceTime, sobbing, 
because of some Caitlyn stuff that we don't have to, it's like a whole thing. Anyway, everyone's drunk and then Malika takes Chloe's phone and drunkenly counsels Chris via FaceTime and calls her mom. Wow. For like two minutes. Wow. So, I don't know what Malika's deal Maybe is. that crossed a boundary. Maybe that was like, you don't call Maybe. Chris' mom. Maybe, but I also think like, is her screen time credit contingent on Chloe also appearing? Is that a deal that Chloe <laughs> leveraged for her? Maybe. We may not know because Chloe is not super available right now, which is the plot of, well, the C plot of. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also want to say Kim names the first episode. Yes. Milf's Gone Wild. Mm-hmm. Chloe names the second episode. Yeah. Cheers to that. That doesn't come till the end of the episode, but that <laughs> the storyline that names the episode gets like zero screen time compared to the continuing story of Kim Kardashian and her insecurities. Yes. Um, we we start with the Met Gala, which is just like, uh, hey, look, it's here's Kendall and Kylie for like three seconds each. Um, I. This is the point at which I started building um, an Ikea nightstand, and I was like, I, I had decided that I would go forward with the second episode so I could talk about it better, but I was also like, I'm going to get some work done, because the moment it was like, we're going to talk about the Met Gala, I was like, unless you're going to see some some footage <laughs> of people who I'm more familiar with, I, mm, mm, the politics of this and the, everything, I was not super there fair for, enough, so... I took out my Allen wrench and got to work. Okay. Yeah. But of the three looks. Oh. What do you think? Uh, of the three looks. Because um, we've got Kylie and Versace. She's mm-hmm. in the pink Versace. She's got the blonde wig, which I don't love. Yeah, I wasn't. I th- thought the blonde wig was a bad move. Um, we've got Kendall and La Perla, which is a luxury lingerie line, which now her deal with La Perla precludes her from appearing in the Victoria's Secret shows, interestingly enough. Hmm. And we've got Kim making an interesting choice. Vivian Westwood. Usually we see Kim in Balmain or Givenchy. Mm-hmm. But she took a different approach. I think the episode indicates in part because of the unflattering photos. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I think, like, what was, like... Look, I'm no fucking fashion guru, nor do I, like, hold particularly strong opinions, but, like, Kim's, like, looked good and was something that I think someone who's not a superstar would wear. Ready to wear. Yeah. (laughs) Well, ready to wear, but also just, like, plausible to wear, except for the part where, which is hilarious, where Kim is just, like, fully, like planking in the <laughs> in the van trying to sit but like keep her body perfectly straight that was actually an amusing behind the scenes moment um because i was like yeah this is probably what they all fucking do because like there's also the bit where look kendall gets no points from me after the fucking pepsi ad for like yeah. the rest of yeah. time uh that's why i don't do a podcast about this i only guess from time <laughs> to time um but like that Dress was designed to show as much as possible, which now makes sense of the context of it being a lingerie designer, uh, without like showing anything. And then she's concerned, like, is my butt? Is there too much of my butt? And it's like that seems like the whole onus of the dress. Like that seems like the fucking mo of this yeah, whole thing. Yeah, it's the iconic Rose McGowan MTV or VMA Awards dress taken yeah. to the nth degree. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Lean into it. It looked great but that's also like a highly conditional thing whereas like kim's like i'm not saying it's ready to wear but like a person could wear that (laughs) on the street (laughs) and it wouldn't have to be like meticulously glued and sculpted to their exact frame to not show off everything you know um that's madelson's fashion thoughts (laughs) which nobody needed Um, i mean on our old podcast we used to talk about looks Yes, so we I did. thought it was appropriate. Yeah. But the Met Gala takes up about 10 minutes of our time. Kylie really doesn't say anything except that she wants to cinch her waist like Jessica Rabbit. Um, I think we can all relate to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Kylie also um, covered the Met Gala in her really boring docuseries that aired a few months ago. So I think that's why she wasn't super present. We also forgot to mention she was not at 
a Christmas shoot. I forgot to mention that. I didn't expect mm. you to know that. No. But they're keeping, they're really building up the tension to Kylie's pregnancy because by the time oh, no, they're I ready. Think you said, you think you said minus Kylie plus oh, Nancy Kerrigan. You did. I'm pretty sure you covered that before. Oh, point, yeah. But yeah. But in their, in their quest to continue to build the tension to Kylie's pregnancy. And at this point, I think when they confirm it, she's going to be like six months pregnant, like fully mm, popped. Yeah. Like that's the only way this is happening. Point being, the, the reason I bring up Kylie's show is because the Kylie episode about the Met Gala revolved around the fact that Kylie was like, I don't know anyone. I'm so nervous. I can't mm-hmm. bring my like entourage to was the Met Kylie's Gala. Was this Kylie's first Met Gala? Uh, no, I think she's done one before. I have okay. to look this up. Um, so she spends that whole episode mm-hmm. calling, like, Jaden Smith and being like, Jaden, we have to hang out. I don't have any friends here, even though we know two of her sisters are going. Yeah. Now, Jaden Smith, I would have loved to see in this. I watched you all know, of, I watched all of Neo Yokio and I oh, adored how it. Oh, that? Yeah. Um, great. I don't know. It's a fucking anime made by the guy from Vampire Weekend. Jesus and Miro are on it. It's it's, I, it's fantastic. It kind of defies evaluation. Um, but you also know that Jaden and Kylie dated like five years ago. I think I know this. Perhaps. Okay. Yes, she has done two Met Galas, and the first one was better. First oh yeah, Met Gala? by far. Yeah, the second one it just looked like a <laughs> it looked like some fancy drapery. Yeah, they're very similar looks, but... But the blonde wig also kills it. Anyway, anyway, the Met Gala... So it seemed to me, from what I could gather, that Kim looked fine at the Met Gala, but then the fucking photos kept popping up and yeah. continued to undercut her, like, confidence. Yeah, and Kim's having a hard time. She's getting snippy with Mario. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, it's not a great time in her life. And what I actually really enjoyed was Kim. I think this really occurs in Mills Gone Wild. But Kim talking about the period in her life where she deliberately chased photo ops. Yes. Which goes so unacknowledged with low-level celebs. And there's no way she could have talked about it when she was still trying to build up press. Because then it becomes that, like, you're being too transparent thing. And people don't respond well to that in PR. But... It was so refreshing to see Kim talk about making efforts to get photographed every single night. For sure. This is the most, like, revealing and maybe interesting thing. And it's, like, the bridge between... One of the things I felt with these episodes is that, like, the connection between Kim's very valid, like, concerns about safety after after what happened in Paris... Uh, Paris, right? Yes. Yeah. And then... Her also very valid concerns about like, hey, I can be like, if people talk shit about the way I look, if I don't feel confident in the way I look, uh, it, it hurts me. Like, I, I can have low confidence too. Not, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm Kim Kardashian, but like, that's not necessarily like yeah. what's going on up here in my in my brain. Like, those things should have both been given more time to breathe separate from one another because they're linked insofar as the opening of the door to not being totally safe yeah. because paparazzos were able to find me even though I thought they wouldn't. Right, because she also says that she's being careful not to Snapchat and tweet where she is, mm-hmm. and that was kind of what people had kind of slammed her for in the aftermath of Paris, saying yep. she'd been too open about her location. Yeah, uh, and then the equal thing of like, yeah, it's, it sucks if like all these rags are going to uh make a big deal out of like a bad photo after two consecutive surgeries um those hurt but then like smashing them together like it made it feel to me like the the stress after or like the show was edited to make it seem like the stress after the the robbery was then just feeding all the way into these concerns about looks mm-hmm. but the talking about chasing the photo ops is like no these are two separate things for kim i think like yeah. they're they're related in terms of one incident but they're two separate things where kim's like i feel unsafe this other thing sucks on top of it and i think the way the show was edited was almost trying to make you think her concerns about safety were manifesting more yeah. in her concerns about her her image and it's mm-hmm. like no the very idea of like i'm now famous enough i don't need to chase photo ops and I just had this traumatic experience, so I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, was was like that was 
very real and like i appreciated seeing that even as like a fucking layman to this whole world i was like that's that's reality yeah for real yeah um and then of course it's like smash cut to like five shoddily put together establishing shots set to like the same one of five crap music tracks that's always playing i was like all right i tuned out but what did you think just uh talking about the stock footage and the the (laughs) music what did you think of the intro rebrand oh the like somber intro rebrand yeah francis and the lights it doesn't fucking fit at all really i love it i get i get the like the idea behind it i think right because it didn't they just turn 10 yeah, and they are. That's a little more what they're aesthetically using on social media. Yeah, but like the thing is that the rest of the show doesn't follow from it at all. Like, no. I think maybe if you're so accustomed to the show that you just know it's never going to change some of these like stylistic stripes. Yeah, then it doesn't matter, and you're just like, oh, cool new intro, something to refresh the experience <laughs> of watching the show. For me, it's just like. If you're going to go with an intro that that's, like, cutesy and, like, old home video, like, it should then immediately be, like, bam, 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 and then, like, Courtney just staring off in the middle distance <laughs> not having a real fucking conversation with someone because nobody, even the most disinterested people, don't always look 30 degrees away from the person they're addressing. <laughs> it's You defended this to me as, like, being a good shot, and I'm like, no, it could be, it, like... It's like confuses the whole idea of like shot reverse shot because you can't tell where anyone's looking if they're having a real conversation or if they're like both just sitting and these could be filmed at completely different times. I think that's also the point though. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's not a real conversation. You gotta leave it open because we're getting real deep into history now, but you know how the storyline regarding Chris's, Kim's separation from Chris Humphreys was reshot, right? No, I don't. So, the the one of the final episodes of that season, which I continue to contend is the best season of all time. Um, the final episode, Kim goes to Dubai to make an appearance. She does this interview where they're like, how are you liking married life? Um, actually, this is split over two episodes because the cliffhanger is this pause that they insert into Kim giving an answer. <laughs> and then they open the next episode with her being like, it's great. <laughs> but if you go back and look, she actually gave that answer very quickly. And then anyway, in that last episode, they also edited in this shot of Kim and Chris in this um, SUV talking about Kim not being happy or like mm-hmm. ending her marriage or whatever. And the windows are totally tinted out. And that's because it was filmed on a soundstage in Studio City. Oh, shit. And there are shots of Kim and Chris leaving that studio with the clothes that they had to bring so they could <laughs> pretend it was in Dubai. Wow. Yeah. But but that's what I mean is like these things get cobbled together in interesting ways sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so what is, is you think Kim is still the A plot of the second episode of Cheers to that? Cuz they're deleting they're deleting apps for her phone. Yeah. Or, like, blocking websites. It's not entirely clear what yeah, they're doing. Very... And they, they don't seem to quite know what they're doing, Chloe and Courtney both. Courtney also makes no effort to pretend that she's not doing that. Yeah. I also, though, love that Chloe had to, like, make the sacrifice to be like, Kim, help me get rid of things in my closet. And then just has to be judged by Kim for a while. Yeah. Every case judged. Yeah. Rough. We also find out that Kim's main news source is the Daily Mail. I would love to. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Steph needs to Kim step Kardashian, in there. Kim Kardashian, go to, go to dig.com, please. <laughs> um, go anywhere. Um, I mean, the B-plot is, like, Courtney has a boyfriend. Courtney's doing this, like, cute stuff. No one's willing to ask her who this guy is. So they got to build up to introducing this guy. Courtney um, plans this whole secret rendezvous and then comes to work out without having, like, showered. <laughs> and Chloe calls her out. Yeah. That was yeah. good. That was good, but it also doesn't take up a lot of screen time. No, it really doesn't. I think maybe the most screen time was uh, within that plot was Chloe babysitting, which was cute. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, um, the kids on this show are are all pure, and it, I hope only the best for them. I hope that their lives can be whatever they want it to be, and doesn't need to be tied to the show. Gonna get weird. Um, but then the C plot is 
Chris being like, I miss Chloe. Chloe being like, I'm in town. And then... Chris has some meaning. Chris is like... Chris is doing all the behind the scenes shit to enable their lavish lifestyles, you know? So... So she doesn't have time to wait for these brownies to cook. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why she would decide, like, I'm going to start making brownies 25 minutes before I have to jet to a meeting. (laughs) Other than, of course, like, constructed for TV drama. Um, And she has to leave Chloe there because Chloe has to watch the brownies and not one of the 10 assistants that Chris Not one of the, like, 15 people who are always (laughs) in that house at all times of the day. Or, like, Corey Gamble. Where is he? (laughs) Uh, We get a lot... I, I don't know if he's floating between multiple plot lines here, but this is my first episode where I've seen a lot of Jonathan Siobhan. I forgot to bring him up, and I'm glad you're bringing him up. I'm only bringing him up because it, for some reason connected to Brownies, or I was thinking, like, why don't you just why don't you just have that guy who seemingly serves no real purpose to just fucking watch the Brownies? What do you make of Jonathan? One, I don't see in a, in a culture... Maybe this is an unfair reading, and maybe I'm being an asshole to Jonathan Shabon, but I also, from what I've gathered, I feel like that's maybe justified. Uh, it's probably justified. In a culture that's so obsessed with looks, I don't know how his weird fucking face hangs around. <laughs> Every time he was on screen. Here's, here, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll walk this back a bit. Scott Disick. Several points in the last couple episodes, looking awfully red-faced and haggard. <laughs> And I was like, this is weird, because I've seen this guy, like, look legitimately, like, good and dashing. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe this deals with this, like, demoted status, where we're just like, if you look real sweaty, like, we're not going to have makeup come in and, like, take care of that for you. Um, but the thing that has always rankled me is that Scott Disick has this, like, nasally fucking voice. Like, he always sounds like he's whining about something. Jonathan Chabon has a weird fucking voice and a weird fucking face. And I don't know what he does other than be famous and eat food. And I don't know why anyone listens to him. Yeah, he's the fucking Instagram food guy. What's his name? The food god? Food god. But the the thing is, like, he needs to get someone else to take these pictures. Whoever he's doing it, like, has the flash on. Like, none of this God, is the fucking right. chain that he had on. And I was just like, dude, you're not doing yourself any favors. It's I'm not, I'm not, look. So bad. You can accuse me of looking like garbage pretty much in every respect. And I will, I will suffer it gladly. But if you sat me down across from Jonathan Shaban and you were going to have him talk about, like, his like all the effort he puts into his look, I would not be able to keep a straight face because I would like, you look like you've purposefully made every bad decision. Cause yeah. I don't know how it could get yeah. so bad if you weren't actively working against yourself. And there are things that I don't know how much they can be helped, but there are <laughs> things that can be helped, including his haircut. I'm going to say number one thing he could change. Yes. Yes. The hair is bad. The hair looks like it was stuck in 2009. I don't know. And it wouldn't have looked good then either, but it would have been, like, reasonably more, like, understandable given how yeah. bad everyone looked. Yeah. Um, and he's the one who's like, oh, yeah, Kim, you only have cellulite on one thigh. Jonathan, what are you here for? <laughs> Can I just say, I'm so glad that you didn't then turn around and be like, actually, so here's the down low on Jonathan Shabon, and then you give me, like, his tragic backstory, and I'm like, oh, no, I feel like an asshole. No, no, no. No, he's just like a gadfly. He sucks. He sucks. Okay, cool. Good. Um, Didn't know. No, yeah, he um, tried to have a show with that much more handsome and nice man that he sits next to sometimes, Simon. Mm. Uh, Simon Huck. Yeah. They were partners in a PR firm, but they <laughs> had a show and it didn't work out. And then Jonathan just like peeled off of this PR firm and just has make, been making appearances and calling himself Kim's best friend ever since. Yeah. Um, get better friends, Kim. I don't know. Well, and the thing from the first episode in the season was when Malika was crying about leaving Chloe, Kim like made a comment and Courtney was like, some people just really love their friends that much. And Kim was like, I can't imagine. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Jonathan. All right. Really, truly. Um, but all of this takes us to 
Chris setting up a wine tasting for Chloe. They rag on whether or not they can taste or smell anything distinct in wine because they are there to have a good time. That was, yeah, that was, I was like, I'm glad that they're admitting that they probably don't give a shit what this tastes like. Absolutely. We also get some, an intercut to one of the best episodes of all time, which is when Chris and Chloe TP'd Kim's house. Nice. Um, here's, here's the one fucking Achilles heel I'll say in terms of Chris's presence across these two episodes though. Uh, cause she's in, she's been put in these situations where she is clearly the one who like holds all the power and like Scott is helpless to do anything about it. And Chris leans into, I'm going fucking glamping uh, here. It's somewhat more boring because Chris is just like, I got meetings. Sorry, Chloe. And then Chloe doesn't like huff and puff enough to make it that much yeah. entertaining. Uh, but the like the final bonding moment where it's like, we're going to do prank calls. And like this is supposed to be like, ah, oh, this is a payoff. Finally, they're going to have a good time hanging out. I'm sorry. Chris's prank calls were not good. <laughs> I was going to say. They were, they they were, were bad. so weird. And pretending they were good was not good. <laughs> either i couldn't buy it i couldn't go out on that limb with chris we i think we needed just one prank call to establish how bad chris is at and then like i bet chloe is fucking great at it no i bet i'm sure chloe still seems like the one who has the most fun am i wrong i think chris's version of fun looks different unless she's heavily intoxicated (laughs) sure i think if she's heavily intoxicated she has what looks like fun to the rest of us yeah but i think like she takes such immense pleasure in doing very luxurious things. Yeah, yeah. In a very okay. restrained way. So. But that closes out the episode. We've got a lot of hardworking cast members appearing here. Mm-hmm. So power rankings. We've only got a few people. Not our smallest power rankings list ever. Kylie... N-A. Did not make the cut. I mean, she wasn't trying to make the cut. We know this. Um, Put on the bottom for this week, we have Kendall. Mm -hmm. Kendall could have been moved to the honorable mention section, but, you know, she does a little more than Kylie. She gets a talking heads. We talk about her La Perla dress. We talk about her butt. Um, (laughs) I I am fully of the opinion, like, if that, okay, now with the out of context as a lingerie designer, and, like, the dress is just clearly, like, Listen to your fucking sister. Listen to Chloe because she's right. Like, the whole point is, like, show off your butt. That's the whole point of the fucking dress. It's what you're there to do. I'm not trying to say this as, like, I'm going to objectify. I'd like to see the butt, too. (laughs) No, it's like, Chloe's been doing this for God knows how many years more than you. Yeah. Just trust her instincts. This is, what, your third, fourth gala? Like... You you've got the you've got the ropes. Don't second guess yourself now. And Chloe was trying to help out, so yeah, yeah. And I mean, if she signed with La Perla, she's gonna have to do a lot more <laughs> appearances like that. Yeah. Next up is Scott, because uh, I mean, he gets points for looking cute with his kids in Costco. Like I said, I'm a big sucker for Costco, but uh, yeah, just can't. I I don't think he. Uh, sold actually caring a lot about camping for real Mm -hmm. um which made that whole fight fight with air quotes with chris feel kind of fake again red and sweaty and i'm gonna say i don't know if he's not dating a 19 year old at this point right no he's not but he is still swearing a lot at uh court over the phone which is maybe amusing to see from court's perspective but a shitty thing for him to do so that's my opinion on Scott. No, I think that really sums him up. Coming up above Scott, we have Chloe, who is just in town. She's putting in her appearance. Uh, she wants to hang out with her mom, and she does not seem to have a lot of investment as to whether or not that actually happens. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. If there's like a look of these two episodes that's not fucking tied to the Met Gala, I'm going to say Quartz. No, sorry, not Quartz. <laughs> Fuck me. Right? Uh, Chloe's workout look with like the sunglasses and like the the fingerless gloves and shit like that's powerful like that would be a look where like if i was for some reason in la and i saw chloe walking down the street like that i'd be like are they filming a fucking movie is like she gonna like start doing like jujitsu moves on some 
fucking nameless stunt for people like it was completely overdressed for the sake of working out like but working out on courtney's basketball court yeah like you don't need but like she's like i'm gonna look fucking badass while doing this so more more power to her power to her indeed uh coming up above chloe is kim who is just dealing with some stuff and it's very real stuff but i feel like for me it wasn't handled well by the edit of the episodes uh this is also one of the only plot lines where we get a conclusion where kim says Courtney and Chloe were right. Yeah, which is just immediately saying, like, whoops, I've I've sacrificed some of my standing at this current time, right? Uh, but, I mean, major points for both being real about the photo op stuff uh, and for planking in that van and being like, <laughs> I'm sweating. Pass me, some, pass me some tissues to mop up all this boob sweat. It was very, it was very fun, um, even if it was maybe... Not her ideal situation. (laughs) Not fun for her, but fun for us as viewers. Yeah. Also bringing us the fun, Kourtney Kardashian with her new boyfriend. Um, Having a carefree time in Mexico. Really, like, embodying the MILF lifestyle. And leaving us guessing as to what exactly that blood test was about. Why? Okay. (laughs) If I can talk about this. Why was, like, a solid leader of her blood... (laughs) Just taken out casually by a by a fucking medical tech in the middle of the day, and then they're treating it like I'll see you next At week, buddy. <laughs> um, I have a theory to this, but you are more informed than me, so I want to hear. You, I no, hear. I think you should start first. Okay, so just the fact that <laughs> Chloe makes that joke about seeing this guy again next week is right in line with every joke that someone in the family has ever made about Courtney's weird diet. Okay. She's gluten free. She's sugar free. She's dairy free. I don't know what she's eating at this point. Where is she getting her nutrients from? I don't know. I mean, she used to make this really disgusting um, avocado pudding. When I say that, you might be picturing like yogurt and avocado blended together. It was just milk and avocado blended together. <laughs> um. So I think, I think that blood test was. Courtney's regular food allergy checkup. Mm, okay. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. My theory was that... I, I don't know where Courtney stands in terms... Courtney, Courtney is like the most mom of the sisters, right? By far. Um, It seems like the show is her main thing that she has in terms of her fame, right? Mm-hmm. She is a spokeswoman for Manuka Doctor Beauty Products. Okay. Uh, but, like, Chloe's got bigger, like, promotional tie-ins, right? Yeah, Chloe does, like, revenge body. She does fitness stuff on her app. Like, her brand is fitness right. now. Uh, Kim, obviously, stratosphere. Uh, and then the younger ones coming up are doing their own thing, but they're also coming up so they get that boost. So Courtney's, yeah. like, solidly in the middle, right? Yeah. But still, still exercising? She's had three kids, still, like, full of energy, able to go do her fucking Mexico weekend and party and fall asleep in her own vomit. Power move. <laughs> Gross out her own mom talking about it, being like, I don't think you should do that. Of course, just like, I'll do what I want on social media. Power move. But why the blood? And then it dawns on me, if she's not got that much going on outside of the show, maybe she is selling her blood. Because... <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not like, oh, she needs the money. No, no, no. There's got to be someone who's, like, paying a lot for it and who would want Kardashian blood where they can get it from. Short answer, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel is probably paying multiple people from multiple powerful Hollywood families whereby everybody works out, everybody diets rigorously. They've proven that they're fertile, that they are full of energy, they're full of life, they can be indeterminately in their 30s or whatever but look like they're in their 20s great blood for him to harvest and inject into himself later on down the line so it's peter teal's blood that's my theory i really i knew this was going to peter teal i did not think that this was going to be the connection i'm i'm justifying it through all these means like it makes sense that she would take the money it makes sense that he would want her blood yeah yeah no completely I thought you were going to say that she was doing those things because she'd taken a hint from Peter Thiel and was getting some blood. 
Or, I mean, maybe that's even more plausible. She's just stockpiling her blood so she can inject it into her older body when she's like, honestly, they're probably all doing that. That's why Chloe was joking. She's like, I gotta do this afterwards, too. I mean, Chris has six grandchildren, and every time one of them is born, there is a plot about someone eating placenta. We're going to be wrinkly and old as fuck, and they're going to be, like, 15 years older than us, Ashley, in the future, and they're going to look the fucking same, because they're injecting themselves with their 30-year-old blood. (laughs) Oh, yes. And then, of course, at the top of the list is Chris. Uh, I could watch Chris Jenner and Scoot in Costco. If this show was just that, I would watch it more than just to be on your show, Ashley. I would watch it. I would tune in every week. Right now, I'm really enjoying The Good Place, but... The Good Place is really good. It would be second-place appointment television for me. Watching Chris Jenner drive around a Costco in a scoot-scoot, preferably with someone different each week for her to, like, oh annoy. Like, this week, it's Scott wanting to get camping stuff, mm-hmm. and Chris is overdoing it. The next week, it would be maybe... Maybe... Chloe, like, has to throw a party, right? And Chloe just wants some, like, simple hors d'oeuvres and, like, a bunch of juice. And Chris is like, but what if they've got a really good deal on, like, coffins? What if we gifted, what if with the gift bag we gave everyone a coffin and just be like, check it out. You didn't expect this, did you? Um, And that would, of course, like, counter, like, Chloe's whole, like, fitness thing. Like, you don't want to think about death. Um, yeah. But... I think the ultimate guest for that show, though, would be Faye Resnick. <laughs> right, yes. They're, 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 they're BFFs, right? Um, yeah. Again, not the greatest prank phone caller, but clearly in control of her plot lines and fairly on top of making them work these two episodes, so... Good no, on I totally agree. Yeah. And you were the one who, who laid out these rankings really well, because... I won't say what who I was thinking for the top, but you convinced me that Chris earned it. Yeah, I mean, I just fucking watch that all the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, well. With that being said, this has been the K-Hole. Um, you can find us on iTunes where you are probably listening to us. We are the K-Hole Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, you should subscribe because we're going to try to come out with a more regular schedule that is... My tentative promise to you, our listeners, um, you can also find us on Google Play. You can also find us on Stitcher. So you've got some options for the first time in terms of where you get your Kardashian content. You can also follow us on Twitter. We've just got that like from Spencer Pratt, so maybe go figure out which tweet that was. (laughs) Um, You can also follow me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. Um, I just put out a call to... Find some Libras to talk about being Libra on this show. If you are a Libra and you want to talk about Librahood, hit me up. Um, I'm Matt. I'm on Twitter. You can find me. It's at Matthew Olson. M-A-T-H-E-W-O-L-S-O-N. I don't tweet about reality TV much at all. But, uh, yeah, Ashley and I did a show about Twin Peaks. And for the time being, that show is done. So you can listen to our episodes on every episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's called Twin Peaks Peaks. The second one is spelled like you're looking at it. And you can find that at twinpeakspeaks.simplecast.fm or on iTunes and probably other apps that I didn't submit it to but that scooped it up anyway because it's an RSS feed. So check that out if you're into bizarre television of a different stripe. Uh, That's all I have to say, but I think I have to say something else at the end here, right? You do. This has been the K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude.